Okay. <laughs> hey, there we are. YouTube hey. Sweet time. To be fair, I hit start stream at 8.03. And uh, Elaine, you know who you're watching. For those of you who don't know who you're watching, welcome to Talking Heads, episode 232, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek, and oh my right. gosh, what an episode of Star Trek. We read all Super Chats on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. Uh, we do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the Super Secret Chat and the even more Super Secret After Party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. And it only costs at least a dollar, but it's always willing to do more. Yep. Yep. Well, so, it costs a dollar. It costs a dollar. It's fine if you want to. You can always offer more. It's fine. Yep, yep, yep. Just, so... How's it going, Jeff? We didn't we, we didn't get to do our usual talk really quick because no. obviously I was the late one. <laughs> as we'll usual. Say, as usual. <laughs> uh yeah, well, uh I'm doing pretty well today. Uh Good. things didn't quite go as planned this morning. Now <laughs> there's been something here in my office that I've been putting off for like two or three months, uh, if not longer. And it's my streaming PC. It's the the heart of my operation here it's what i do like all of my testing all of my work all of my recording on um it it's been acting up for a little while uh and i'm like yeah i should probably go out in the garage and and find something to replace it with but the problem is i don't have any like brand new high-end desktop stuff because high-end desktop stuff doesn't really exist anymore i mean yeah uh Intel, the last generation, was uh, 2011 Cascade Lake, unless you wanted to go for the 3647 or the 4172 socket or whatever the bloody hell they're on now. Um, but, I mean, even that was short-lived with the 3175X, which is well outdated as far as performance and, and efficiency and everything else. Threadripper, obviously, kind of is dying, being neglected by AMD. Uh and my system that I was running was a release day uh, X399 MSI Gaming Pro Carbon that I got open box from Fry's, which should tell you how long <laughs> which, ago I bought yeah. it. Uh, it had all the, the BIOS updates on it, but it's a five-year-old board at this point. I mean, it's not, it's not new. Um, and, For what you need anyways. Right. Uh, and why do I need a high-end desktop system? Well, I run no fewer than four X4 or larger PCI Express cards in this system. Uh, in fact, uh, two of them are X8s and one of them is an X16. I've got my graphics card, I've got two different capture cards, and I've got a Thunderbolt card. Um, and I use them. I use them all. And there's nothing on the market right now that I can replace it with unless I, you know 
just go buy server parts. I mean, I've got Epic systems in my garage. I suppose I could throw my 32 core in there, but then I'm sacrificing clock speed. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, there's really not a good option right now for high IO desktops. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, you know, if, if you need a place to store it, I have a wonderful studio that could, you know, sit right over there and just, it can slowly die in the corner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like I said, I mean, oh. I, I'm sure I've got lots of X79 stuff laying around. You know, I could throw myself together something else. But again, I'm kind of done running a 10-year-old system as a daily driver. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I tried, I was like looking this way at the camera and I was like, wait a second. What? what? Oh, there's a, baby. there's a baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you look so young. Yeah. <laughs> you shaved so quickly, too. Yeah. Are you kidding? I haven't seen my own chin in like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I think it's somewhere down here. I don't here. even know what I look like, but I know it's not good. <laughs> so. That's the thing. We need to do a bet. You either have to shave your beard or drink a pickle beer. Uh, there ain't no chance I'm betting on the beard. <laughs> that would be funny. There's an equally low chance that I'm going to drink a pickle beer. So. <laughs> I actually ordered some more just just in case. <laughs> it's it's my new favorite beer to share with people. Yeah. Mommy brought you in without a spit rag. And now that I found uh. it out, you're a ticking time bomb. <laughs> yeah. Soon you're gonna need a new keyboard too. Yeah. He's got a <laughs> Grogu shirt on. Grogu shirt and uh Grogu pants. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Does that make you the Mandalorian? Uh yes, actually it does. Uh, uh, I'm hoping we can get that going for my Halloween costume this year. <laughs> I was, I was going to 3D print myself some Mando armor. Well, then you need to like somehow uh, make one of those like floating baby cribs. Yeah. To like, to like, if you can mount it around your way or, or just get mount the satchel. Yeah. Just do the satchel thing. Yeah. Uh, I think I've actually seen that to where they actually have like a baby carrier, but it's a man satchel. Yeah. <clears throat> you can do that and uh that would be funny he can cosplay as my jetpack <laughs> there you go Just paint him silver <laughs> it's like i need to get me one of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <A> wizard <laughs> <laughs> oh let's see who's drinking what tonight all right i saw a couple already uh big big spoon says i have one shot of jack to take with you so let me know when you promised in the super secret after party last week uh that's right i did um that's right because you know unfortunately i'm gonna have to go upstairs to get my my oh no i have some jack daniels rye on the shelf there we go no worries that's yeah good. so uh spoon if you're still on on the after party we'll, we'll hit that at 10 30 I, I would totally love to do a shot with you. Who doesn't uh, like doing a shot with Spoon? Oh, there we go. Okay. And, uh, do, do, do. Yeah. What are you looking at? Is there a kitty over there? So you've got Dom has got uh, uh, a Dewclaw fruited sour ale, blueberry, black currant, vanilla bean, lactose 6.9%. That's a lot of words in that one. I know. <laughs> vanilla bean and lactose? Wow. Yeah, so obviously one of those nice, wonderful jammy sours that basically just tastes like Jamba Juice. Yep. Jamba Juice, strangely enough, same number of calories. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get those antioxidants that, you know, and the, the uh, grass seed and all the, the B vitamin plus shots extra into it. 
Although that would be funny if you could. <laughs> yeah. Like, ad advertise. Yeah, yeah. Advertise this has uh, <laughs> grass seed, protein boost, and B12 shots in yeah. this beer. <laughs> yeah. Can I get some soy powder in that? <laughs> There's no caffeine, but we put all the other vitamins that basically make you hyper. <laughs> We're still obeying the law, I swear. Yeah, throw in some ginseng and all the other <laughs> energy drink crap. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reverend cracking into a Fruta de Serpentia. Oh, Serpentia. yeah. Uh, New England IPA from local craft beer, 8%. Four out of five on untapped. There we go. Skull's got a Stone FML. Uh, that's a, always a good uh, IPA. Yeah. Novella Hub's got Turning Point, uh, Nerd Alert, Triple IPA. That was the one I saw earlier. That sounded wonderful. 10.5. Oh. That does I sound wonderful. Yes. The percentage. That's all I needed to hear. I was like, that sounds wonderful. You don't need to give any more description. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason's got a Diet Pepsi. Uh, Cody's actually got a rum and Coke zero. Ooh. Solid choice. Original is also having a Coca-Cola zero, but no rum. Sad face. <laughs> and let's see, we'll do one more. Jeremy's got a, a monster Javaloka. Oh, didn't someone have that last time? I think so. I, I think it may have been Jeremy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds very fun. Oh, yeah, we he, have a... I think he works this time of day, so... Ah, <laughs> that would be why. And looks like we got a super chat yeah. from Tech Geek. Uh, Tech Geek says, for 20 bucks, thank you very much, Techie. Very much appreciated, as always. Uh, I don't shave either, even though I'm 24. It makes me look like I'm 12. Uh, ask me how I know. Uh, the thing is, I don't look like I'm 12, Uh my head just is shaped oddly like a basketball. Like I know it looks really tall and slender, like on camera. Um, the only thing I can describe it as is with when I have short hair and no beard, my head is shaped like a basketball, and I hate it. So, <laughs> I, I've I've oh. had the beard since since I was eighteen, uh, at least the you know at least the soul patch underneath, and I've trimmed the soul patch off once, and I will never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have I have a couple of scars on my lip. I split my lip back in skateboarding days, like completely in half. Me a spit rag, and we almost paid for it. And uh, so every time I shave, I have like these large scars right here, and it's always like, oh, that's weird yeah. looking. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan sends over nine dollars ninety nine cents. Thank you, Ryan. My brother's graduating SIU in May with a cinematography degree. So oh. I uh, bought him a John Delancey cameo. Uh, John sent a four-minute-long monologue about succeeding in the industry. It was perfection. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> That's, cool. That's awesome. Now that... That's a cameo I'd like to get sometime is just John Delancey. Just... <laughs> just well, the thing is, though, if you're, you're wanting it, you want him into, like kind of insult you as Q. Oh, totally. That's what I want. Totally. You know, uh human going about your miserable <laughs> little lives. Yes. Thinking this lens gives you some kind of power. Ah, this is not power. <laughs> <laughs> you nearly peek into the window of the human psyche. Pathetic. <laughs> Something along that line, you know, well he'd done. probably pull well he'd done. polish it up. 
<laughs> all right we're a couple minutes into this at this point uh uh jeff turn my mic up a touch uh i will do that yeah someone was saying i was a little hot yeah or I, I knocked you low. down just a little bit um okay. now seeing as how i'm on a new pc uh i also i also didn't migrate my hard drive like i've rebuilt my streaming pc like three times over the years i've migrated my hard drive every time this time i went i'm just going windows 11 fresh install Ooh. <laughs> so far i'm actually really liking it um so... i liked windows 11 when i first got it and then i did a couple updates and it's just bugged it out and slowed it down yeah so i i went back four years to a 7820x uh in intel i7 which is their eight core 16 thread for the 2011 socket um, and I am on an X299 MSI Creation motherboard. So a $600 second generation motherboard. Um, so I'm hoping this keeps running. <laughs> As, uh, like first generation Threadripper, nothing terrible against it, but it had bugs. It, it had, you know, it wasn't perfect, but what it did do is take a shot across the bow of Intel. Oh yeah, I remember it being um, awesome. and and completely transformed the market, honestly for the better. Um, but that doesn't mean it's without its bugs. Uh, and first gen Threadripper, especially first gen Ryzen, your B three hundred and fifty chipsets, they're a little odd when it comes to memory compatibility and PCI Express cards and and sometimes some stability things. Uh, so you know especially once you got to like b450 x470 man those things are just rock solid but first gen ryzen chips they can they can be a little finicky well yeah they just kind of it was more of a proof of concept it was the gen 2 that was really like oh these are good ones <laughs> uh yeah no exactly and and Sorry. i we talked about that at the time too when they were released yeah. was you know, second generation is put up or shut up, and and they put up, and the rest is kind of history. Uh, Tech Geek sends over another five dollars, and then we got to open our beers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting thirsty. It's it's been like fifteen minutes. I'm getting thirsty. Uh, thank you, Tech Geek. But have you tried Edge before you switch to Chrome? You should really try Edge. Are you sure you don't want to try Edge? Windows <laughs> Eleven. Holy crap! As if, as if I couldn't be any more frustrated. By like, remember the whole EU lawsuit, the the two billion dollar fine or two hundred million dollar fine or whatever the bloody heck it was, largest fine levied in in history, uh, against Microsoft for browser collusion, for yes. forcing you to use Internet Explorer and excluding other browsers and whatnot. Like, remember that whole thing, um, you know that they got sued by the Justice Department and then later on the EU, uh. Yeah, uh, so there's no button in Internet or in Windows 11 to just say default browser, Chrome. No, you have to go through your program associations and yep. set HTML and HTTP and HTTPS and, and mail to and all of the different potential extensions that could launch a browser. You have to set all of them individually. What? That is not, it's totally like customizable. It's totally intuitive. Yeah. What? Now the thing See, that sucks here, I actually do like Edge. It's not a terrible web browser at all. Um, but stop forcing it down my throat. 
yeah. God's sakes. Like, if I'm just running a test PC anymore, before it was, very first thing I do is install Chrome, and then I'll go out and I'll get all, you know, updated drivers and everything else. Anymore, I just use Edge for, like, all of my test systems. And even a lot of my, you know, there are some systems in my house that don't have Chrome installed because Edge is, is pretty darn good anymore. But good God, when I want to use Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways. What do you got on tap, right. John? I have a uh, Langdon's Farmhouse Ale, the Lazy Rabbit. So I thought this was kind of appropriate. Nice. Uh, it's a dry hopped lager. So kind of coming in a little bit light. Sorry, thought I'd start off light today. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even pour it yet. <laughs> I already got more head than normal. Ah. Uh... So for me, uh, I'm drinking a beer sent over by longtime friend of the channel, Scotty. Hi, oh, Scotty. Yeah, Scott. uh, from Transient Artisan Ales. Uh, it is, we're also going with a double dry hopped. This is Foam, double dry hopped IPA, clocking in at 6.5%. There you go. Scotty, but if you're in the chat, give me a shout. If not, I'll probably see you this evening on the after show. Oh, we don't even get to see if it's foamy. I'm working on it. Okay. Sorry, I was busy reading the chat while I was uh, <laughs> trying not to spill my beer on my keyboard. Okay. That's a that's an interesting. Tammy actually does have a question. Do you use Bing or Google when you're on Edge? Ooh. Um. Honestly, I use Bing. It's whatever the default would be, which is Bing. Well, I feel kind of dirty now. <laughs> I, I didn't, like, there's a difference between knowing and knowing, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I knew I was using Edge. I knew when I just type in a search, it's probably going Bing. But then it's like, you don't have to point it out, though. God. <laughs> I don't have to tell anyone. I feel kind of right, yeah. right. It's like I, I, uh, you caught me. I feel dirty now. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. What anyway, do we got for the first one? For the news tonight. Now that we're almost three minutes <laughs> in. Uh, Somebody mark that because everyone's <laughs> yeah. getting pissy. Yeah. Great. We're back to tech news starts here now. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were over that. Uh, anyway, Framework, the laptop company, uh, they are starting to make good on their promise by making pretty much all of their parts available a la carte. Uh, and it's not just like, yeah, here's an NVMe drive that you could buy off the shelf, but we're going to charge a 50% premium because it goes in our laptops, right? Uh, they were already starting to sell their, their modular USB-C adapters. So you could like mix and match ports in your laptop and it just kind of works, right? Um, they were already selling like replacement keyboards and trackpads and LCDs. Well, like I said, it's kind of put up or shut up time. Uh, Framework has announced that starting at $399, you can now just buy the motherboard and plug it in. Yeah, uh, with all the other stuff too. Right. Uh, the really cool thing is you don't even necessarily need to put this into a laptop because it just takes USB-C power. Yes, it has a battery header on it. But if you plug this into USB-C, 
you've got an i5 1135G7 mini computer with a heatsink yeah. and and everything else with socketed memory and NVMe slot and four USB-Cs. Like, honestly, like if, if I were looking at buying a Nook or buying one of these, this isn't a terrible deal. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty sweet too, because I'm betting there's a lot of um, 3d printer, you know, uh, cases that are going to be coming out oh, I'm sure. really soon. And I'm betting there's going to be some really cool looking ones. And on all honestly, I'm betting people are going to be coming out with kits for this to have your own handheld device now too. Um, Remember this... the, uh, the, the rocket lake that's inside here or not rocket lake. It's uh good Lord. I don't remember 11th gen mobile, whatever the uh, hell that is. What, what's the, yeah, so some lake. It's a, I forget which one. I was going to say Rocket League, but no, it's a lake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever the bloody heck they, the, um, and the Steam this Deck. is, right. This is, no, this is not the same one in the Steam Deck. This is the no. same chipset in the GPD Win 3 is, yeah. is the uh, 1165 G7, 1185 G7, and the i5, the 1135 G7. Um, getting that amount of horsepower for, 400 550 and dollars. And I think the 800 is probably pushing the price point just a little bit, at least in my taste. Um, but 550 for the 1165 G7, which, by the way, also gets you 96 compute units of Intel XE for, for the onboard graphics. Cascade Lake. No, that Cascade Lake was, was desktop Xeon. Yeah, that was the one before it. Before, no, before the one we were talking about. Right. Because there was Cascade Lake, something else, and then... Hold on. The... But actually, it's cool. In GitHub, they actually give you printable uh, framework cases, too, already for Tiger this. Lake. Tiger, Tiger Lake. Tiger Lake. Tiger Lake. Now it comes yeah. to the right. Yeah, like I, I have all the desktop ones floating around in my head. I may not be able to put all of them together, but they're all there. Uh, as far as the mobile SKUs go, man, it, if they used like regular numbers, it'd did be they a release lot it? Like, did they release it the year of the tiger for Chinese? wasn't Wasn't last year the year of the tiger? Uh, technically, was it last year? I know twenty twenty was year of the dog. The year of the tiger. What? Oh, 2010. Never okay, mind. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what last year was. Uh, is Intel uh, XE 20, graphics? 2022, so it's next year. It's this oh, year. Oh, it's this year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's this year. Yeah, but they released it last year. Uh, is Intel XE graphics really that good since GPU drivers are really hit and miss in some programs? Uh, overall, I had a pretty pleasant experience with the Intel XE drivers. Um, so you're correct. Support for raw optimizations for Intel XE, uh, it's still young. And I don't know how well XE is going to be supported in the future uh, since we're kind of moving on to the second generation with Intel Arc. Um, but XE proved that it could put up some pretty decent numbers. Uh, I mean, we're not talking like GTX 1050 Ti levels, but we are talking in the conversation for mobile graphics, it pretty much beat out anything that was onboard graphics as of last year. Uh, 
And so that's actually a back and forth battle that I'm really excited for in 2022, heading into 2023 is APUs because Intel and AMD now both have in-house graphics chipsets that are decently powerful. I mean, AMD obviously with a, you know, with their graphics lineup with Radeon and, and whatnot. But now that they both both have graphics tech that's worth a darn, um, there's a lot of rumors coming out that AMD is looking to kill low-end graphics cards by simply including really, really good RDNA 2 uh, APUs on the market. So we might finally get, you know, that 20 compute unit APU that we've been looking for that has, you know, RTX 30... 50 Ti or 3060 level performance in a chip that costs $400 and you get the CPU and the graphics chip as part of that. Um, oh, yeah, that'll be nice. And that'll cut down even on mobile stuff too. Um, and size, yeah. you know, we'll be able to have something like this in this size um, in the next hopefully couple of years. That's this thick and has the power of a 30, you know, 60, 30, 70. Mm -hmm essentially yeah. and you know i don't think it's gonna be the 399 point price. well actually it might be by a couple I, of years i don't think we'll know. ever get get cpus that have that level of graphics performance at I, least not for yeah. a number of years but um but as far as the low-end stuff so if you're talking about spending you know 150 dollars on a cpu and 199 on a gpu you know a nice modest you know starter gpu um i think it's conceivable that for like 300 or 350 you could get it all in one package and yeah build yourself, you know, a sub 100 watt gaming PC with just an APU. Yeah. I think it's totally something that's in the future. And I think it's a lot closer than, than a lot of us know. Well, so. what I like about that too, is that, um, it could eventually even, <laughs> I'd be curious to see like what Microsoft would do if they would take something like that or Sony and do some form of another handheld device to compete against the switch. And, you know, because there are already devices like that to where then, you know, what we could see in the next five, six years is them have something like that because it could hold up to the graphics of a lot of their games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be 4K, the supposed 120 frames per second that they all do. Um, but, you know, for a handheld device to easily be able to like, yeah, if you're playing online, you could then switch over if they could make that migration somehow, mm -hmm. um, especially if it's cloud gaming, too. If for some whatever reason, you know, cloud gaming starts working uh, with a good broadband connection, <laughs> uh, which is still, again, six, seven, maybe 10 years out yeah. for everyone. Well, there goes all my content, right? <laughs> well, Jeff, you got another five, six years for for that um, uh, gaming server. Yeah. So you'll um, get your money worth. Yeah. So, Tammy, I don't know what you're talking about with the 6400 rebrand. Uh, the 6400 is a Navi 24 GPU uh, with 768 uh, shader units. It's the same physical die as a 6500 XT uh, with 1024 shader units. Like, yeah, that's called binning. I I don't know why you're accusing anyone of a rebrand. It it's a current modern. It's a modern day chip. It's not an old fab process. It's not old technology. It's our DNA too who knows uh not saying that amd hasn't rebranded things before and sometimes they've done it 
clearly and and above bar and sometimes they've kind of like snuck previous gen tech into current gen SKUs. although nvidia's done the same thing intel's done the same thing like it happens so i don't know uh i feel like i need to finish this beer before the next story <laughs> well we we have other stories we could always just <laughs> mention it and then if we're low go back to it it's your call your show no we could do it um so i just want to let everyone know i don't care your feelings about elon musk but don't come in here and defend this as the greatest acquisition in the history of ever um and don't say it's an absolute f show either because i honestly don't know where it's gonna go none of us do we're not in the head of a narcissist <laughs> but this has got to be one of the biggest displays of fu money in human history uh what am i talking about well elon musk bought twitter or at least is in the process of purchasing twitter for an approved amount by the twitter board um so yeah i have to talk about it because it's some of the only tech news that came out this week uh trust me i want to talk about johnny depp (laughs) right we could could do johnny depp amber heard uh you know disposition Yeah. yeah which I have to say, uh, <laughs> there are some clips that are coming out of that trial that are absolutely hilarious. Oh, I know. Um, there's uh, the clinical psychologist who who was ripping Amber Heard's lawyers a new one uh, for trying to spin words. And she goes, no, 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 that's not true. That's not accurate at all. Um, it, it was funny more of in like a professional sense. There's, uh, uh, I, I alluded to in a tweet earlier today, the, the mega pint. You poured yourself yes. a mega pint of wine. <laughs> a mega pint. A mega pint. Well, I, I saw that too. And then I saw the, I don't know if you saw the video of him doing it. Poured it myself a one, large glass. Yes. It, 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 no, it was in one of those really crappy, cheesy mason jars with the, the wine stem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I showed that clip to my wife. I'm like, babe, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like us. <laughs> uh yeah uh, a mega pint mega pint they come in mega pints i'm getting one <laughs> pippin you've had a whole fifth already uh yeah i laughed at that part too mm-hmm. probably the funniest one was they were uh amber heard's lawyers called the doorman for their penthouse to the oh, stand yes. to speak about amber heard's makeup habits uh <laughs> Did you notice what color foundation she was wearing? Like, I don't know what color, like, I couldn't even tell you she was wearing makeup. Uh, Okay, well, what color powder was she wearing? I don't know. I don't know makeup. (laughs) Like, like, and she, the the lawyer just keeps asking and keeps asking. And and it's like, they're asking the question. It's like, I don't even know what brand, style, type of makeup my wife uses. Yeah, he's like, do you even know how this brand works? Are you familiar with it? It's like, no, I don't know any of these brands. Right. But what was really funny was beyond that, he got fed up with the questions because he's in his car, like on a break or something. And uh, he's in his car. You can tell he gets fed up because he starts puffing on his vape pen and then he starts just driving. (laughs) And so he's he's answering the questions going, I don't know. (laughs) Just blowing smoke out his nose. (laughs) It's one of the greatest things ever. Yeah, there's been a couple of really good ones. Yeah. 
So it's a terrible situation. I, I, I don't mean to make light of it, but man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, making light of the Elon Musk acquisition, uh, Elon Musk set to rename Twitter to T-2 and 6 parenthesis plus sign at exclamation point, and it's to be pronounced, uh, toot and plutoned, toot and plutoned. There you go. Uh, now this is obviously in reference to, uh, his, his naming style that has, uh, bored its head in the past. Uh, and yeah, so I guess we're all going to need to get, uh, Toot and Plutland, uh, <laughs> at signs at this point. I'll fine with it. For whatever that means. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's a joke. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a joke. Yeah. Although everyone thought that when he was naming his kids that. Yeah. Look how that turned. Yeah. So, but like you said, we don't know what's going on. It is it is the biggest FU money acquisition. Yeah. Um, next to Jeff Bezos's rocket thing. Right. Um, oh, oh are, where he took William Shatner into space yeah. and then, you know, was using him as a prop and uh, yeah. here, have some alcohol. Here, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 I, <laughs> like, I understand that William Shatner can sometimes come across as a tool. I understand that sometimes William Shatner can come across as a, as a jerk, as an asshole, as whatever else. I've never seen William Shatner more uncomfortable in any situation in my entire life. And that man got on stage and did Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of FU money uh, in which it was like, and I'm rich and look, I took Captain Kirk into space. Look at me, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Um, You've never gotten upset about what people were saying and then just bought out a company for $44 billion. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had the money, I could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might. It's true. If I had that kind of money. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's like to be uh, worth $177 billion minimum. Right. Because te technically he's actually worth more because his other companies are still private. Yeah. Uh, technically a lot of, uh, investment firms, venture capitalists, well, not venture capitalists, but, uh, there's a lot more money than just Elon's in the pot right now. Yes. Um, so saying that Elon is, you know, the sole owner and, and has the, the market share of personal wealth of all of his other companies combined, that's a little disingenuous but the man is worth a lot more than i am like i i'm i'm working on breaking even like like if i sold my house and everything in it and i could walk away and have zero dollars left like wouldn't that be awesome <laughs> is that your cat yes that was rambo oh, okay i was like did i just hear a noise nope. <laughs> yeah uh okay i I think I am above the break-even point. Like, if I sold everything I owned, I'd have, like, $10,000 in my pocket and the shirt on my back, and that's about it. <laughs> like, I could buy a pack of beer. I'm happy. Right, right. And then you drink that beer, like, oh. <laughs> I could afford rent for four months. Like... 
Top ramen. All right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on. Uh, yeah. Tell you what, introduce this one. I'm going to let Rambo out. All right. Uh, there's uh, actually something going on uh, with some old, as Jeff was pointing out, old tech hardware that sometimes lays around in your garage of some kind. You know, Jeff was running a oh, five-year-old motherboard. Well, <clears throat> what if Jeff's streaming PC was, say, a Commodore 65? In John, John, don't you mean 64? Oh, oh, is, did I? <laughs> no. So there's the Commodore 64. We know it. We love it. You used one in elementary school. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did you know there's a Commodore 65? You may not. Uh, they're extremely rare. They were uh, not a very successful system at retail because by the time the Commodore 65 came out, there were a lot of other competitors on the market. Um, most notably, I believe the TRS-80, uh, the Radio Shack computer had had made it in. And uh, I'm See, trying to it, think if... Uh, was it Amiga out by then? I think Amiga was out at that point. And I believe even on the video game front, Sega Master System yes uh had had come to the states and so yeah. 90 to 91. okay yeah so no uh, actually nes was was far out at that point amiga yeah. was out um yeah uh so as far as gaming and compute it was a much different landscape from when the commodore 64 launched in which it basically came into the market unopposed uh so while it's a good piece of hardware it's you know it just had difficulties in the market um well, one has showed up on eBay uh, in pristine condition. Uh, and working units are rare, Which. to say the least. Uh, let me just click on... Hold on. Oh, yes. The video. No, hold... <laughs> See that part. And... <laughs> The, these systems fetch big money. Uh, I thought that was going to take me to the auction. No, instead it's just a redirect to hot hardware. No, I have to go all the way to the bottom to the eBay auction page. Uh, bidding has ended fifty thousand dollars, forty-seven thousand euros. Uh, where is it? Where is it on this keyboard? There it is. <laughs> hmm. And sorry, this is a C65 prototype, not a C65 retail unit. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Did the the 65 actually hit retail? I might be misremembering. Oh yeah, uh, Commodore 65 was a prototype system. Okay. Okay, so that's why. Yeah. So no wonder they're incredibly rare. I I thought it was a poorly selling system. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of fu money, fifty-one thousand yeah. dollars for a Commodore sixty-five. Are you sure uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos didn't buy it? I have no idea. Probably like let's let's turn <laughs> right. this thing <laughs> right. into a touchscreen. Or or um, what's his face, uh, Microsoft guy, Gates. Gates. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I finally get to beat you. I'm going to yeah. smash you so hard. 
Yeah, so uh, Commodore 65, $50,000 is now the mark to hit. No, wait, is that is this just the, I didn't get to see the auction page, but is this basically just the keyboard? It's the keyboard it, and the monitor, I believe. Okay. Maybe, and is hold that, on, hold on. Because uh, the monitor looks completely separate. Uh, it just looks like a compatible monitor. Commodore C65 for sale, fully working. Number I think it's 27. just the I think it's, keyboard. Yeah. Well, at least that's what all the pictures are. And then the board, oh my gosh, that board is tiny. Yeah, my German is uh, nicht so gut, as they say. Uh, it's even got the not for sale sticker. Yeah. Uh, and they actually estimated 50,000 euro. Came in at 47. There we go. So yeah, I think it's just the the unit itself. So I mean, maybe it comes with the the monitor too, but I thought I think the monitor was technically a separate piece of hardware. Yeah, that's just I mean, uh, that almost looks like a Packard uh, Bell monitor. Yeah, that's I just know, a that's generic a, unit. I was gonna say, like you can even see the the, the color uh, fading on the plastic of the that white, as we know, the yellow white. <laughs> um, God, I saw this awesome video of someone restoring a keyboard to that original white color. It's like. That was just pure addictive. Yeah, watch. You know, I I love watching the yellow come out of of old, you know, electronics from that day. Uh, Denver sends over five dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, In before Elon bans Elon Jet because only humans can have free speech, and by extension, his accidental attack on Citizens United corporate money equals free speech. (laughs) Not going to comment. SPX Labs five dollars. Is this pre-recorded? Yes, it's all part of the illusion. Yes, that's why. See that? Mm-hmm. I plan to do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All of that. That's got to catch up. Got to. We're moving. We're moving. <laughs> um, but you know, speaking of old things, uh, Jeff, you're you're a big like camera guy. I know you're a big camera guy. Um, I mean, I like cameras. I've just I have my vices. Them. What are you trying to get yeah. at? Is this an intervention? <laughs> Shut up. I think you're not my dad. Much on- I think you spent too much on glass, Jeff. I'm just sorry. All right. <laughs> too much. That's where all your debt is gone. Too much on glass. You have um, no idea. <laughs> your obsession with glass is my obsession with beer. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have that same obsession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, how would you like to have a 70 year old camera? Like an old. That would be super cool. It would be old. And how would you also like to have it? somehow be digital which would be kind of odd but still have the exact same (laughs) frame rate honestly um when so this was almost 20 years ago i worked for a camera shop and uh at the the time you, you do know the one um at the time digital slrs were just hitting the market where even professionals could scratch the surface. I'm talking the original Canon 1D and and yeah. 1DS. Um, so and the 1D was a uh, 1.3 times crop and a 12 megapixel, and the 1DS was a 10 megapixel, but it was the S, so it shot super fast at one point or five or six frames per second because that's what sports camera shot of the day as far as film goes unless you had a a 10 shot film camera um but yeah uh so i worked at the very precipice of 
digital high-end photography being approachable by anyone outside of Hasselblad or, or whatever else. Um, at the time, there were a bunch of different mods that you could do to film cameras to possibly put digital backs in them. Uh, Kodak, most notably, sold some digital backs for Nikon F-based cameras, and uh, they did a couple for EOS. Um, so if you had an old EOS 1 uh, film camera, you could convert it to like a three or four megapixel digital camera. Uh, <laughs> that turned it into a brick about this big because all the processing had to go on the bottom of it. Um, they were absurd. Uh, and they were really freaking expensive, like $10,000 for a digital back for an EOS 1D. But they existed. There was another thing that you could do, and that was taking uh, 35-millimeter camera lenses, putting them into a cardboard box, and creating a pinhole camera of sorts um, well. but using a flatbed scanner as your recording surface. I remember seeing videos about what that. What you yeah. would do, <laughs> and, and this look, was like... horrible. Uh, they actually looked amazing because, remember, you, oh, could do, you could do like 1,200 DPI or 3,000 DPI. Now, any motion in the shot at all yeah. over like the 10 seconds that it takes to capture was completely ruined. Um, because you're scanning one line at a time and you're going about this speed. Yeah. Um, so even landscape shots, if something moved, you would artifact and, and you'd get that like, you know, broken airplane propeller look and things like that. Um, but if you wanted a super high resolution camera and you were doing like, you know, nature photography or architecture or something like that, that was actually a viable option <laughs> at the time <laughs> is plug in a flatbed digital scanner to a laptop and uh, throw a 35 millimeter lens into a you know custom made box, and off you run. Uh, hope well, it's in focus. That that actually is very uh, similar in in a sense. There's modern day mm -hmm. things that people do, and something like that they'll take. Maybe with that was you know weird tech, and they're combining it with an old piece of mm -hmm. way of taking you know photography, the old pinhole thing, because that's been done for years upon years since right. the beginning of photography um now these people and we're very very uh loving of pi project raspberry pi project someone has taken a uh, raspberry pi zero two and converted it with an eight millimeter bell and howl camera and this is they, super cool they did it in a way to where it actually captures it digitally, but does it at the exact same shutter speed. So you still get that shutteriness to it and everything. Mm -hmm. yep. um, it, it's a really cool project. I just found this earlier and this guy has it all explained on his YouTube page. And it's actually this tiniest, it's got like 23 subs. <laughs> it's a really tiny thing, but it's like, oh, this is super cool. Um, he doesn't really explain the whole process of what's going on. Uh, but he shows you he he you know kind of puts this gear mechanism with a piece of plastic that looks like it's probably been um, 3D printed and, mm -hmm. it, and it flips it and he he worked out the timing to be the exact same shutter speed as he's filming digitally and he's hollowed out this camera and was able to fit a USB C charger and a Raspberry Pi Zero Two into it and just overclocked the Raspberry Pi Zero Two. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's a really neat project. I've thought about doing this a number of times with a couple cameras that I've seen over the years. And uh, I actually do have a Raspberry Pi Zero 2. Um, I've also got uh, the HQ uh, uh, digital sensor, which is a, gosh, what is it? A one two-fifths inch sensor or something like that. Um, I've actually had a crazy idea in my head for some time is to come up with a way to replace the guts of an old Canon cinema camera, like the XL1 or something like that, which was a run and gun photojournalist style camera that was yeah. really popular in the early 2000s. Um, and replace that with the guts for a Raspberry Pi with a digital back sensor, because that Raspberry Pi sensor is actually I think approaching the size of the sensor that was in that camera. Um, and the lenses that came on there were darn good. And so if you could somehow figure out a way to interface, and I'm sure someone can, the aperture and power the image stabilization, you could have a seriously good little 1080p camera with a good Canon lens and full aperture adjustment and built-in ND filters and everything for like two to $300. Like I've I've thought about doing this before. Yeah, it would be a fun. I mean, <clears throat> as a, as of all the other projects you do, you know, that would be kind of a fun little <clears throat> project to yeah. see on on the channel too. Of just like, oh, I I have a passion for this, and right, you know, that would be kind of fun. Or just and you can even talk about just more of the modding of uh, custom moddings of Raspberry Pis too, or whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah. it would be fun. I'd watch that just for j just old stuff like that. And plus a little bit of tech is like, oh, that always gets me to, to click and watch. Yeah, uh, you can get a used XL1 with the five and a half to 88 millimeter lens, uh, which is image stabilized, by the way, uh, for under 200 bucks. And that's for a working system. Uh, you can get them not working for as little as like, 50 to 100 bucks but without a lens and the lens costs 100 dollars by itself so uh but yeah they're they're cool little cameras it'd be fun if you if you did that and then did like um <clears throat> like a whole video then afterwards and you shot it on that camera mm -hmm. type of a thing you know that'd yeah. be kind of fun i think it'd be fun to try to you know do something like that yeah yeah Again, another reason to start the second channel. That's right. <laughs> I've got all these ideas, man. Ideas. <laughs> if only you had FU money, Jeff, you could right. do all these ideas. Uh, that is true. You know how I could get FU money is if you visit our sponsor today, Linode. <laughs> uh, Linode, thank you so much for bringing today's episode of Talking Heads to my awesome audience. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. 
Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. Back in September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit Linode.com slash craft computing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's Linode.com slash craft computing. And thanks again to Linode for providing me with what little FU money I have. <laughs> Well, you know, you can always offer to go sell craft computing to him and, you know, maybe. I'll start the bidding at $44 billion. There you go. Someone might take it. Right? <laughs> Just take craft computing public. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you're going to find out that all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. Shares are lower than Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> Over under Doge, what are we looking at? Uh, yeah. Like, all right. Well, just think though. Hang on, hang on. Now, after this, we could pay for stuff on Twitter with Doge, so we're good. In theory. In theory, that NFT might. Ah, oh, damn, that would have been a good joke. We should. Damn it for the next. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh well. Well, Butchered here's the, that one. Here's the deal. <laughs> as much as Elon has been backing Bitcoin and Doge and things like that. Uh, the man sure doesn't accept it as a payment method in any of his services anymore due to the volatility and an unpredictable nature of of an unregulated, undocumented currency. Uh, or you mean a pump and dump? I'm sorry, what? Right. Uh, <laughs> what was the tweet that was out this week? That was, uh, so many people are accusing every crypto coin of being just a, a Ponzi scheme. I'll have you know that our... Uh, our <laughs> cryptocurrency is a pump and dump. And this other one is straight up fraud. And this other one is, is pyramid. Uh, you have to respect the diversity that is in this new economic future. It's true. Everything old is new again. Uh. Oh, actually, hang on. They actually, they actually did start taking Bitcoin. <laughs> I just... uh, Tesla started taking Bitcoin and then stopped again. No, nope. oh, they... and it started. They started okay. back up at March m last month. <laughs> okay, last month. Okay, I was like, I, I thought it, but but yes, he. There was a um, blatant. We do it, and then we saw this. Uh, you know, he, he bought a bunch, and then yeah. he announced it, and then it skyrocketed up, and then the second it was like a downtick. Ah, no, 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 sell, sell, sell. Yep. Stop taking it. Yep. And and then it was super low. And then he bought a bunch. Yep. And then what happened nine months later? Oh, yeah, we're taking it again. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's an unregulated currency, so the SEC yeah. can't do a darn thing about it. That's true. Speaking of electric cars. Yes. And something that looks sexy. Honestly, these ones do look sexy. The newer ones mm. now. Um, GM actually making some waves in the electric vehicle. No longer the uh what is it the elect the bolt or whatever they used they to do they have the bolt and the volt and they've got yeah. a couple hybrids i believe ah. um hey i i have a hybrid no 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 those style the the bolt and the volt the original ones they look no, no, horrible no. no 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 well yes they they they're not exactly great looking cars how's that yes that's what um, I, that's that's what i was going for yes uh but yeah uh chevy going all in gm going all in and taking the Corvette hybrid. Not only that, 
Uh, there's a very interesting little teaser that's that's here. Uh, see if you notice anything about this image right... Oh, this one right here. Those front wheels are spinning. Yes. Did, 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 did you catch that? Right there. It, Those it front wheels all, are burning out. It looks all-wheel. This Corvette is all-wheel drive. Well, honestly, it probably needs it because now this is a hybrid. It's not an all-electric. Now, uh, hold on, because uh, drivetrains in hybrids can have electric motors on both sets of wheels and then can. also use the gas engine to power one or both sets of wheels as well through transfer cases and CVTs and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's conceivable that it's an electric all-wheel drive with a gas rear-wheel drive. Uh, which is actually how a lot of hybrid cars work. Um, if that's the case, man, this thing just got even sexier. Like I, I've never been a Corvette fan until the C8, until the C8 hit. Oh yeah. Those are sexy. Yeah. What are you looking up, John? Uh, well, I was, for some reason, I thought the C8 was or, or the, the modern ones, I thought they were all all-wheel drive. Nope. For some reason. Because I know they switched to a new suspension. Right. Well, they went mid-engine with the C8. And, and then they went um, mid-engine. And but, I, I uh, thought they upgraded the suspension as well. Well, yeah, they upgraded the suspension. But it's a mid-engine rear-wheel drive using a, tr a okay. custom transaxle on the back. Um, it's okay. A, it's an eight-speed right. automatic or dual. Sorry. It's an eight-speed yeah. dual-clutch transaxle. Uh, yeah, which is so, two-wheel drive rear wheel. I thought, yeah, I thought it was all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the fact that they're adding an electric motor that could be powerful enough in theory to keep up with the Corvette at speed. Um, because a lot of hybrids, when they're like all-wheel drive hybrids, like I have a Toyota Sienna hybrid. Um, it's all-wheel drive. It's all-time all-wheel drive with electric on the front. Uh sorry, electric or gas powering the front, and they can do it simultaneously or they can do it one or the other. And then it also has electric rear-wheel drive, which functions as the uh, all-time all-wheel drive. Uh, up to 45 miles an hour, you can get all-wheel drive. Uh, once you go above 45, the rear motors actually cannot keep up. And so those will turn off in favor of the front motors assisting the gas motor. Um, but below 45, you can actually go all electric mode if you wanted. Uh, so it's kind of a cool system. Now, the fact that, they're, that it's going into a Corvette and you guarantee no launch control and off the line time is gonna be a... Oh, it's gonna be like two seconds. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if the Corvette starts pushing for for that two second mark for like, for like a two oh. nine... Zero yeah. to 60. No, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was under three. Yeah. Uh uh well the the C eight was already in like that extremely budget supercar. Uh the, the C eight uh was already a three second zero to sixty car. Yeah. Um and so uh, wasn't it aren't they only well I think the, the low end, the base model wasn't like thirty thousand dollars? No 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 no, no 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 base model starts at sixty thousand. Was it sixty thousand? Uh, and that's when you can find one because, like everything else, they're unobtainium and and supply is limited and part shortage and 
Uh, so finding a C8 Corvette for less than about 95 right now is kind of impossible. Now at $95,000, they are still a hell of a deal as far as a brand new, essentially American supercar goes. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, good luck finding one for that. Like if they were actually selling for $60,000 and they were actually in stock, like I would actually consider buying one next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like seriously, and that ticks me it's, off yeah. because my my bucket list car is an Audi R8. Like I want an Audi R8. I love the R8. Um, I I love the Gen One and Gen Two R8s. I would love to own one one day. But the problem is that the Audi R8 is also a gated manual transmission, whereas the C8 is not. Uh, so where the R8s were just starting to get affordable in like the I can buy a third vehicle kind of way. Um, you know, they were starting to hit that, that $80,000 mark and coming down from their, you know, 150, 165 retail price. Um, it's like, man, I could buy a, a, an eight year old R8, find one that was, you know, well cared for and, and loved and everything like that and be good to go. You know, it'd be my Sunday driver. But now that the C8 is out and you can get the C8 for 60,000 or in theory you could, all of a sudden the R8s have just skyrocketed and... I fear I'll never be able to afford an R8 now. And that, oh. that makes me sad. And and as much as I'm not a Corvette fan, I'm I'm falling in love with the C8 Corvette. <laughs> and that, and, oh, and no, again, it's... it feels dirty. I feel bad about it. I don't know. I've, I've, well, that's not true. I've hated the, I've always liked the 70, like very early Corvettes, but then 80s and 90s and early 2000s, blah. Yeah. Um, uh, that fiberglass, you push it and it, you know, bends. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that was the, the C5 and C6 famously. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were fiberglass tubs on top of, uh, rolled steel bodies. Um, yeah. The, and then the, uh, I mean the C5 and C4, uh, are obviously the wedge shape. It's the, you know, there's, there's no real lines to the car. They look yeah. like, they look like really large door stops with big engines in them. Um, at least the C5 has an LS, has an LS3 uh which is a great engine um but yeah c4 and back man it's it's hard to get excited about any of those especially when you look at the early c4s you know the 84 to 89 kind yeah. of range um because not only were they terrible to look at they were terrible to drive and they had the most anemic v8 ever put in an american sports car like 180 horsepower <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I, I I fell. I remember the the not the like old '60s Corvettes. It was the uh, ZR1s. Mm -hmm. um, I always that that was like the first Chevy I fell in love with the Corvette one with the big. It kind of almost looked like the Mach Five from Speed Racer because it had the two front wheels had those big arches in front Wh of it. Which like year are you thinking about? Like 1970. Oh yeah, 1979. Yeah, the, you know, the C2 essentially. Yeah, the C2 uh, C2 yeah, C3. Uh, so the yeah. Stingray. Yeah. Yes. And so those are the ones I, I I know they don't handle well. They went like 140 at top, mm -hmm. but it's like oh, I just love that front end for some stupid reason. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I've I've always loved the look of of uh, of the C3s of the Stingray Corvettes. Like I, I like the look of them, but um, they were just Chevy small block 350s. I mean, they weren't yeah. anything terribly special. I I know I'm. I know this is blasphemous for any Corvette owners that are out there. And I'm really sorry to my father-in-law who happens to own a C5 and the Corvette is his favorite car in the world. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, 
like they were great cars in the 70s but they're not something that i would want to drive today unless i did a retro mod or a resto mod on one unless i put a modern v8 ls with with you know, uh, I don't know. fuel I, injection I, and I mean, I, I know that the clutch was super heavy, just like uh, the Lamborghini and everything. But it's like, I wouldn't drive it like that. This right. is, this would be a cruise car. I, I don't know. I just like it. Can, uh, I, can I tell you about, uh, I, we can go on cars all night long. Oh, I uh, so I recently found a YouTube channel called, gosh, I, I, I don't want to get the name wrong because I want you all to go watch. Um, Stance works. Uh, now, from the title or from the name of the channel, it sounds terrible. Like I am, I am everything that Stance is not. I, I am against everything that Stance Nation stands for. Stance works is a little bit different, though. Uh, Stance works. Uh, he's just a guy in his garage and he's building cars, and it's like it's really cool. It's, it's fun stuff. Um, the car that he's working on right now is a Ferrari 308. One of the most maligned and hated Ferraris in history, again, because it's a mid-80s sports car. Um, not only that, it's an Italian sports car uh, with this pathetic uh, flat V8 in it. Um, I mean, yes, it's a mid-engine rear-wheel drive sports car, but it, it's about as pathetic as they get. Um, he is doing a Honda Civic Type R swap on it. <laughs> I am here for it. Um, so it is not the noise you expect to hear out of a out of her of a Ferrari three hundred eight, but I freaking love the idea of it. And so I've been watching uh, probably his last four or five videos on the subject, uh, where he's just building this Ferrari in his garage, but he's using a turbocharged Honda Civic engine, <laughs> and it's amazing. Um, and the thing I like that he's doing is he's not like you know, hey, this is our new project car. And then like five minutes of of time lapse and then go, yeah, we've got really far in the last three days. You know, we did this, 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 and this, you know, check back in the next video. Instead, he's like, today I'm putting the brakes on and here's exactly how I'm doing it every single nut and bolt. Like you could go and watch this as a tutorial on how to Honda swap a Ferrari 308 and you'd get everything you need out of it. Um, so if you like that kind of content, go watch him. Uh, he just got the engine started in the last video or the video before that, and it makes a hell of a noise. Let's check that out. Yeah, I, I was looking at the channel. It is. There's like the last like 10 videos is just him doing that. I was just yeah. kind of watching the clip and it's literally like here. He, he's just working on the front left wheel. That's mm -hmm. the whole video. Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh tech geek ten dollars off to bed for, uh for work in the morning good night gents i'll definitely be catching up on the rest of the stream tomorrow good night tech geek thank you so night. much for uh keeping in touch uh lemming sends over five aussie bucks uh craft computing please tell me you're familiar with project binky uh convertible core no that's you uh that's project me. binky hold on i think i need to refresh my memory oh yeah the gt uh gt4 mini yeah Yes, uh, I have seen this project before. Uh, so this is a um, Mini Cooper with a GT4 uh, Toyota engine, uh, all-wheel drive, full conversion. 
from the mid 90s. It's a uh, uh, the engine that was famous because Toyota cheated with the amount of displacement they had with a uh, uh, vacuum sealed expansion chamber for their turbo. So when the turbo spooled up to you know 10,000, it would open this chamber up. But on inspection, it looked flat and and concave, and they could measure the the internal volume of it, and they went, "Yeah, this totally passes tech." And then uh, it opened that panel up and gave the turbo more room to breathe. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I've I've seen this project before. Someone uh, doing the the GT4 swap, all wheel drive, Toyota performance rally car into a uh, a '60s Mini. It's awesome. Well, uh, how is your beer, Jeff? Uh, I literally just finished it. Ah, good. All right. Well, I could use another beer myself, and yeah. it is just about that right time for beer. So I am going to have a, uh, I think this, sh this show loves this brewery. I personally do. Anchorage. Until oh, next time, uh, triple IPA. It, it's got this really cool like Ooh. art of uh just this weird looking warrior guy <laughs> i am looks, loving that it, i i hate opening these beers because like i just want to keep i love art. looking at the cans right yeah um now i've i've been playing the hell out of my steam deck and my ion neo uh ion neo sent me a next that video is coming out probably on saturday this week um, but I've also got the, the Steam Deck that I'm working on a review for as well and digging into Steam OS and that kind of stuff. Um, I've been playing the absolute crap out of Borderlands. So I went back to the original Borderlands and I played through that and 100% of the original campaign. Mm. Um, and I'm midway through Borderlands 2 right now and I've been just swapping devices going like, what's more comfortable? What has better ergonomics? What do which operating system would I prefer windows or steam yeah. OS and how's this and how's that. And, and just kind of bouncing back and forth and using, you know, like a legitimate, you know, series playthrough to write the review about. Um, so yeah. Uh, now I was going to open another transient artisan ales. Uh, this one's space and time, double IPA. Um, I think I'm going to check my fridge and see if I have something else. Cause, uh, these weren't like, these weren't like super cold when I put them in there, and now uh, I'm afraid this is at room temp, and I'm afraid it would sour my my experience. So, like <laughs> I, I'm feeling the can, and I'm going, it's the same temperature as my hand. Like that's, that's yeah, that's, that's not that's good. Never good. Right. So, uh, excuse Unless me for it's... like two or three seconds. I'm gonna go oh, dig that's... in my fridge real quick. That's fine. I will just sit here and express to everyone how delicious this 10% triple IPA is. Mm. because it is wonderful by the way it also has citra uh, incognito double dry hop nelson sauvin hops citra one of my favorites um nelson sauvin has that nice white sauvignon blanc grapey flavor if you've never had that if that's something you guys like um, i did see a couple other chats of what people were drinking Oh, we got uh, Dom has a Jellyfish Hunter, 10% uh, triple IPA, Nipotine Brewing. Cheers, sir. So, yeah. 
Seems like everyone's probably on their second, possibly third drinks. I don't know, but it's cool. <sighs> oh, Treehouse? I wish. Treehouse, John. Unless you're going to send me some, because, you know, come on. Got the same name. It's basically like we're kind of like family. But no. Don't, as part of the next story, don't be monkeying around. Send me some Treehouse. That's a horrible joke. I'm sorry I said that. You'll get it in a second. It's a really bad joke. <laughs> Did I miss something? Oh, I was just trying to make conversation, and I was trying to get John Jay to send me some Treehouse. <laughs> and then I said, don't be monkeying around. Just send me some. And I said, that's a really bad joke into the next reference of the next article. <laughs> that is a terrible joke, because I don't even know what you're talking about yet. I know. That's why I said that was a really bad joke. Yeah. Uh, where is my bottle opener at? Like, I'm looking on my desk uh, for it. The guy that literally gives them away. <laughs> I know. Gosh. Yeah. Should I have, should just have, like, a stack of them on your desk when people come to visit. Here, have a bottle opener. I, I kind of do. Uh, but I have two that I usually keep on my desk, and I'm not seeing either of those right now. Their kids uh, probably took them. Probably. I mean, you, don't get me wrong. You, I knew where two others were offhand. <laughs> see, you, you need to do like a 3D printed mod to where one can mount on your monitor. Yeah, just, just hang it off the side. Yeah, That's and a, then not just a bad idea. pop it off every time. And it just hits your monitor, but doesn't block your view. Yeah. How many, how many, if you could build a bunch of those and then have someone see and see that, like how many people would buy that from this channel alone? A uh, 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 bottle opener, monitor hanger. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> you basically just make it just like a camera mount, but it's a bottle opener too. So you can... Yeah. Uh, so I'm going slightly larger for my second beer. Uh, my first one was a 6.5% double dry hop IPA. By the way, it was wonderful. Um, it was tangy and tropical and uh, dry and refreshing. Like, it was great. This is like the polar opposite of that. Uh, so this is from, also from Treehouse. Speaking of Treehouse. Uh, the quadruple shot... Stout. Uh, this is the quadruple shot vanilla cold brew stout. Ooh. Clocks in at 11.4. Uh, had, had to go higher than me. I had to. <laughs> well, it's either that or, or like an Elysian that I've got in the fridge. And it's like, eh. It's like, eh. Speaking of cars, John, holy crap. Look at this. Oh my gosh. I've seen cleaner <laughs> oil come out of my car. <laughs> That is incredible. <laughs> there was, so for Thanksgiving, wow. uh, the very last beer I had uh, was so thick. Dude, I, it's actually, like it chocolate syrup coming out I of know. the bottom of it. Oh I, my I get, gosh. If, I don't know if Steve, I didn't think Steve's in the chat today, but man, <laughs> it was the thickest beer he's even had too. It was so thick. That's the last drop that hit the Oh my God, look at that. That's chocolate <laughs> syrup. That's incredible. Oh my God. <laughs> Prepare for diabetes, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
so uh, John Jay, if I die, I want to thank you beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> John Jay sends me a lot of treehouse, everyone. So thank you, John. I need to get me one of those PO boxes. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that is some of the strongest coffee I have ever had in a beer. Next to coffee, it's it's coffee than this beer. It's basically I've had, right there. I've had way worse coffee toffee before. I've had coffee that didn't taste as much like coffee. <laughs> You'd rather have that than Seven Eleven coffee. Well, that's a lot of stuff I'd rather have too. <laughs> I will say, I I do have so I previous employer. I spent a lot of time on the road, jumping site to site and whatnot. This was. 10, 15 years ago, at least. Um, but uh, I I have, like, my vices when I'm on the road, and that's, uh, like, the cheap truck stop powdered coffee machines and a lot of the deep-fried stuff you get oh, yeah. from convenience stores. Like, like I walk in and, uh, uh, oh, God, 7-Eleven uh, Spicy Bites, the Spicy Dogs. Oh, those are a favorite. Those, I, those are actually, I like uh, those. Yeah. You, you ever go to, there's a, I don't want to say exactly where it is, but if you're heading down 99E and you go south of where you're at, the next okay. exit south to get onto I-5. There's, okay, a, yeah. there's a little Chevron station right there. I know it. Yeah. Uh, so they have like barbecue kebabs that you can buy there. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> Never had them, but I, I've oh. seen them. I, I would stop and get some next time you're driving through and okay. you got a couple minutes it's it's worth a stop um i mean they also do like you know fried chicken and pizza rolls yeah. and things like that but no their their kebabs are just chef's kiss yeah. amazing oh no yeah usually when i go to like those places that i see that i, I just get like some jojos yeah i was like i, I can i'll never go wrong eating a jojo and i'll be like okay i probably won't get sick from that it's just mm -hmm. potatoes <laughs> i'll be fine I just need a snack. All right, pound of JoJo's, please. Skull says this stout is currently a 4.4 on Untapped. Ah, oh. see, if I knew you were gonna have that, I would have busted something else out. Oh That's my fine. god! <laughs> and John Jay says, just wait till it warms up, because <laughs> yeah, this is straight out of the fridge. This is still 40. Hmm. <sighs> Uh, this is going to be the rest of the show. Just me making noises. Please let one of those be the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Quick last news for some something of tech. Um, yeah. Speaking of the thumbnail that I'll probably steal for this video. Uh, <laughs> Jeff's favorite subject, NFTs, NFTs are back in news. Yay. And we all know the the one NFT that really started all with the uh the bored ape monkey weird I, I don't know, I thought it's supposed to be some form of Norman Rockwell, but I guess <laughs> it got hacked and people lost millions. Well, well, you have to 
they pretty much lost the money when they paid for how do you lose a receipt first... <laughs> yeah if so... you still have the receipt well, those... how do you it, lose it... said receipt isn't that the point of blockchain like well when you basically hand them your wallet uh yeah that's what happens yeah uh, so I, I mean okay i'm not on this particular one i'm not super familiar because i, I don't follow it religiously or anything I, there might be some people so let me know if i get this wrong but this board ape yacht club or whatever they're called they were supposed to be a limited release of certain nfts and basically saying we're not going to be doing any more minting for a long time i guess someone hacked their instagram account and put out a message saying hey new nfts uh being minted right now and it was just slight variations of some other ones and people just went nuts and started giving people access to their wallets mm -hmm. um you know there's a basically a double your money scam yeah. type of thing and it wasn't till later that the uh board ape yacht club the actual people sent out a message to everyone saying we didn't do this we got hacked we're sorry and the people that went and bought went back and looked into their wallets yeah completely wiped out yeah so there's no technical value we know of because we don't know the actual value of these nfts yeah because <laughs> there is no real value to them right it's whatever you say they're technically worth right. so they lost a dollar or they lost millions. Right. Well, all so, in the same day, they lost a dollar and then they lost a million. Then it was yeah. 10,000. Then it was, <laughs> you know, then it was actually strangely enough, a net gain of 38,000. Like yeah, there, was, okay. there was a weird day where it's. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, again, the wonderful world of NFTs guys, it's your money. Do with it what you want, but be very weary of these, um, well, it's kind of like NFTs. Yeah, well, there's that. And like you said earlier, or like we, you and I agree mostly on this, of the whole um, Bitcoin, blockchain, uh, yeah. crypto. Uh, look, it's your money. It's just like socks. You're playing with fire no matter what. Yeah. Get prepared to be burned. That's it. Yep. Don't, don't go dumping your life savings into something. Yep. You know, if, if you have a little bit of money, you're like, yeah, I could afford a hundred bucks. Great. Go play with a hundred bucks. Go to a casino. You're probably going to have more fun. Probably honestly. have better luck. Yeah. So, um, but if that's your jam, that's cool. Look, I, I personally, I've, yeah, I spent like, I think I'm like 200 bucks in. Yeah. Whoop de doo. Yeah. yeah. John, don't make me tap the sign. <laughs> so I, but I've never bought an NFT. So. <laughs> um well that that you'd admit to anyway yeah that i admit to so well i was i was gonna make a couple of uh hops and brews nfts you know 201 exclusive mm -hmm. nfts of me drinking beer i should have done that that would have been fun <laughs> put <laughs> put every one of my beers on on the blockchain there you go that would have been oh i should have done that <laughs> that would have been funny <laughs> uh only my mom would have bought them <laughs> so um 
Now, uh, there were, so that's it for the tech news. Now, we did have something very interesting for the beer news. Uh, there was a while back we talked about uh, Molson Coors uh, canceled uh, a, a few of their beers, quite a few of their beers, actually, their brands. Yep. Um, uh, or is it, no, InBev. I think it's InBev. Mo, no, Molson Coors. Yeah, Molson Coors. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but uh, one of them is surprisingly making a comeback and it's actually coming back to its birthplace too, yes. technically. So if many of you might know, is the uh, one of my favorite root beers is the Henry Reinhardt's root beer. If you've never had it, it is delicious. So good. So good. It so actually good. looks like it comes in a beer bottle. Yep. Um, but some of you might not know, it actually started off as a beer company, Henry Reinhardt's and one of their most famous beers is the Private Reserve. In fact, this company helped build Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been to Portland, Oregon, there's a very cool story about if you ever see the water fountains that are just randomly running all throughout, Henry Warnhurst put those in for their employees to walk home sober from the bar after work so mm -hmm. that they can come to work the next day sober. Mm -hmm. uh, and those fountains are still going today. Well, the Henry Weinhardt's brew, uh, beer was brewed in Oregon all the way up till 1999. And then it was, I think, moved to Colorado or uh, to some 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 other place. Just, But it was still, you know, uh, essentially sold as Henry Weinhardt's. And it still said, we use the, the best Pacific Northwest uh, or uh, uh, Northwest hops. Uh, I think there's a... It's not uh, Columbus. Um, what's the hop that's exclusive to the the Willamette Valley? Willamette oh, hops. Willamette hops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Willamette hops. My <laughs> like, gosh. Is this a trick <laughs> question? <laughs> it's like, where do Marion berries come from? <laughs> um, anyway. Same place as Filberts, John. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so no they, one knows what we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry Weinhardt's uh, private reserve and their beers officially got dumped by Molson Coors, I think about a, a few months back. Hot Valley, as some of you that don't know it, uh, was purchased by Molson Coors a few years back, and they are a local Oregon brewery out of Eugene, Oregon. And they asked Molson Coors if they could pick up and continue to release the Henry Weinhardt's private reserve um, now, it is a limited market, but it's coming back, and it's going to be brewed back in Oregon after 23 years of leaving Oregon. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's pretty darn cool. Um, I always enjoyed buying some Henry Warnerts. You and I actually went, we talked about this last week, to mm -hmm. that uh, very ultra-exclusive seller bottle release, you know, stuff. Yeah. And I, I bought that, like, 1970s Henry yeah, Weinhardt's can. 45-year-old can. <laughs> yeah, and, and so um, they used to sell Henry Warren, and it's not a bad beer. If you sit there and think uh, Paps or something is the cheapest beer, no, this is like a dollar cheaper than Paps. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean like you can get a 12-pack for like $7. Yeah. And it's it's not horrible. It's about as good <laughs> as Paps or Rainier. I would take this over Rainier. Sorry, Rhett. Wow. Um, wow, them's fighting words, John. Uh, hey. I'll, I would <laughs> gladly do a cheap beer review with Rhett of all comparable price points to That'd see which one Rhett. That would picked. be interesting. We didn't even have to film that one. 
We wouldn't. It would just be fun to watch or yeah. to see if he could even pick out. Can Rainier. you pick Rainier? Right. Yeah. Je- come on, pick Rainier. What's your favorite one? Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Here, here's seven American loggers. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even put Rainier in there. <laughs> 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 just to mess with them. Um, you like Sam Adams Winter Ale. <laughs> <laughs> That's Stone IPA. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, um, John, can I yeah. get another Budweiser copper lager in here? <laughs> I think I still have. Uh, what what was that space one we had? Yeah, I still have a, a spare can of that. Yeah, that wasn't the copper reserve. That was that was another one. But yeah, yeah, it was another one. Ugh. I still have a, a spare can of the copper reserve. I'm really glad so- we're still doing remote shows. <laughs> I brought some weird stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, speaking of Molson Coors and uh weird ways to advertise this i guess this article isn't actually technically new it was kind of renew because someone found it and did a new article upon some old article yeah <laughs> um but i just found it interesting because we also didn't have a whole lot of news stuck <laughs> but i guess there was at a time and this wouldn't be the first time but molson cores paid a bunch of people to see if they can inject their advertisements into your dreams. And this immediately made me think of Futurama. Drama. <laughs> so they they paid, this woman claims that she was part of a group uh, that she found on Craigslist and someone was willing to pay them $1,000 to do a study on them. And it was executives from the Molson Coors plant and they objected them to uh commercials and music and then it was a sleep study and how she had dreams about dancing with molson coors bottles and dropping them from planes and oh sorry whatnot. i sorry i don't know how that that one got in there <laughs> what? Oh. light speed briefs <laughs> there it is for the discriminating crotch <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know where Weird. that came from. So uh, if you ever sit there and wonder why you look at a commercial on TV and you're like, that's just weird. And then you walk away three days later with that jingle in your head. There's the reason these type of studies are out there. And- we already do that with our phones. Like, like yeah. there's tons of anecdotal evidence of is Google just really good at guessing or are they listening? Yeah. <laughs> like- you ever had a conversation with a buddy about like, yeah, we, we were looking at refinishing our decks. So I've been looking at a bunch of different stains to see which one I, I should buy for our new deck. And all of a sudden you get advertisements for, you know, DeWalt power tools and, and different stains, you know, for Amazon recommendations because Google Analytics said, hey, you might be looking at new stuff for a deck, even though it's like, I haven't even typed anything in. I just talked to a friend of mine about it. Like we all have that one story. Yep. Oh yeah. With multiple, we've talked about it multiple yeah. times. Or but that yeah. one story where you're like, I bought a toilet seat and thank you, Google. But when I buy a toilet seat, I only need one toilet seat. I'm not going to buy 30 other toilet seats because you recommend them to me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I was a, what is it? There was that. I went and bought like. You may uh, like this executive toilet seat. <laughs> 
I bought I bought a filter for my vacuum, and then mm -hmm. Amazon was recommending, "Hey, you'll need this filter." Like, no, this filter lasts six months. I'm good. And the Thank filter you. you recommended me is for a different vacuum. <laughs> I know. I don't collect filters. I'm good. It's a good try. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So there's even beer commercials out there that they want your money. So just be careful. But that was funny. I don't know. I just. It was more of the Futurama reference. Yeah. I just found that. I was like, I, I know Jeff's going to do something with this. We can, we can at least riff on for five minutes. Yes. Even three minutes. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's it for the beer news. Oh, uh, gosh. What was that? Uh, that real. The Futurama ad where he goes. Uh, uh the the sky parted and I saw colors I never knew existed and for once I was one with creation. Yeah, some college kid wears that on the weekends. <laughs> we all feel that way all the time, Fry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Oh, I can't stuff. wait for that to come back. Yes, uh, especially now that the gang's all back together. Yes. Uh, that could be another thing we talk about yep. <laughs> at the end of shows. So apparently when you only make one game about every seven years, having your own uh, single source game launcher and storefront uh, isn't really a sustainable business model, as Bethesda kind of found out. Uh, so obviously Bethesda, known for Skyrim, Skyrim Anniversary Edition, uh, Skyrim Special Edition, Skyrim All of the DLCs, Fallout 76, hashtag not Skyrim, uh, Fallout 4, okay. hashtag Skyrim with guns. Uh, <laughs> uh, they found out that, you know, once you've made that initial sale, no one gives a flying F about using your launcher. And so they're uh, nuking their launcher, so to speak. Uh, Bethesda will be moving all of their games back to Steam. Uh, and in fact, today they started making some of their game, some of their really old games, uh, like Daggerfall and whatnot, free on Steam. So if you wanted to check out Daggerfall, which still has the largest open world map in all of gaming history. And by the way, the game was made in like, what, 1994, I want to say. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Fallout 76 was free. I was like, yeah, wasn't yeah. it already free? Uh, it should be free. <laughs> Sorry, 96 for Daggerfall. 96, not 94. Yeah, still a DOS-based game. But All right. Uh, John, I saved us 20-plus minutes. Oh, plenty of time. To go over plenty. Mercy. Yep, and this time it's only one episode, which, great episode. Like you so said good. earlier. That was so good. It was a good episode. Good episode. Uh, it actually did exactly what I was asking for. A little more cue. I need a bit more cue. That was my big complaint yep. last week of the yep. previous two episodes. It answered a bit more questions. So, yeah, uh, super excited for tomorrow. And the next day, I think it's all ramping up. I think tomorrow and the next day, please just don't give me flying flower plants this time. Um, you know, that's that's all I ask for. You know, it's it's its own evolved species. I don't hate it because we've seen weirder things in Trek. Like, there's a lot of weirder things in canon than flying flowers that protect a planet. Like, John, John. Okay, 
Yeah. Okay, yes, but you, you can't nitpick to that level. I can't. I, I hate the flowers. I did. Oh, I hated the flowers. It's a single storyline. That's the problem. Individual whoa, whoa, episodes. Whoa, 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 whoa! They showed up in one episode. <sighs> but it's a single storyline. There was an entire it's, it's, episode of Jake and and Ben flying a Bajoran solar sail thing. There was yeah, an entire. It wasn't good. It, it wasn't, wasn't good. good. Yes, but but it ended and it was done. It was never mentioned again. And the the only reason those flowers were never mentioned again because it was the last episode. Right, but there there was also an entire episode about Naomi Wildman and her feelings on Voyager. Like yeah, okay, pl- grant granted granted, but it was never a season finale. No. Na- name a season finale with a really odd, weird thing going on. Be like, oh, that's just a weird episode. I'm just going to never watch that one again. Uh, Picard getting assimilated. I mean, it was awesome in hindsight, but that was a that was a nine-month cliffhanger. It was a cliffhanger, so it never ended. This was a, a season finale that ended a story. Do you remember watching that episode as a kid? I do. I do you... actually had uh, a Pizza Hut during that night. Too. Uh-huh. Right. So I, I do remember it. Yeah, every, every Monday night, we would sit down and we would watch new episodes of Star Trek. And yep. and I'd catch every rerun that I ever could. And uh, that was terrifying. It was terrifying, but it wasn't lame. <sighs> I mean, okay. It would, okay, imagine DS9 and the season finale... Mm-hmm. Was the episode where they where where Cisco builds that flyer? That was the season finale. Would you like that as a season finale? To be fair, the Bajoran flyer was like episode seventeen in season two. Like, um, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. But right. I'm just saying, it was filler. Um, it was yeah. Most of those stuff that we're talking about that you're talking about is filler if this was a filler episode mid-season and they had to go like as they were assembling the crew had to fight off some flying flower okay i could probably agree with you be like oh it's mid-season this what happened at flying flowers Riker comes in right i i have to say <laughs> the flying flowers sum up everything that i thought was wrong with season one and that was that the plot was stretched way too thin. It felt like it could have been six episodes instead of ten. And had it been a longer season, sure, give me flowers. Like, had it been a shorter season, sure, give me flowers. But the thing is, they were just kind of there in episode nine. It was too much. Half the season was character building and and individual episodes. Which had great moments. Certain ones did. Certain ones, like... Like Picard fencing was just like, Ugh. yeah, okay. Um, but honestly, I did like the one where they all dressed up, um, and they were in that casino, yeah. and, and I thought that was a fun. And we got oh, to see. I am French. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, okay, it's dumb, but I kind of like Picard, it. It, French space pirate. It was it was the closest <laughs> to a holodeck episode, but a like a serious holodeck episode right. that we got right um all, like someone all, may die holodeck episode yeah uh and so i guess what i'm pointing out is they have a really good chance uh, opportunity here to wrap this season up really good with these yeah. last two episodes and i i i don't hope i mean well we'll get into it and then we can we can yes. talk about it so all right. 
let, let's go over a very quick synopsis. I'm going to mention like three or four plot points yeah, um, because this season, unlike unlike season one, has been doing a lot of multifaceted plot points where every episode in season one was very cut and dry. We're going to this planet. We're doing this thing. We're picking up this person. This person learned something about themselves. And then we jet off to the next planet. Like yeah, that, six episodes were building the crew. Right, exactly. Um, not that I necessarily had a really hard time with that. Like I said, there's some great moments in there, but it felt stretched way too thin. Um, like, like, yeah, Elnor is a great character, but did he deserve a full, like, two episodes to introduce? Probably not. Um, but the new season is doing such a great job of taking that crew and giving them individual plot points so they're building character with one another and putting them into dynamics that they're not used to uh, or that we haven't seen them in before and letting the character build through plot lines. And I think it's actually very well done. Uh, like I said, is there any better combo than Girardi and the Borg Queen in a in a prom dress singing at the top of the balcony? Like, I know a lot of people hated that scene. I thought it was great because no it was... It. Yeah. Um, it well, was yeah, I, I like her. In, in, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Um, yeah, it was the board queen forwarding up, you know, speeding up the process of you know, uh, Picard and Seven have both a number of times in the past said there was nothing more endorphin releasing, serotonin releasing. Uh, there was never more of a high than being in the collective. And as the queen, your job is to stimulate that endorphin rush to help accept the, the transition is so the tale goes. And so by giving Girardi just a little bit of confidence and a little bit of a, hey, you go, you go do this, tiger, you got this. Uh, she hits that endorphin rush and now the queen goes, okay, I can take it from here. I thought that was a great plot line. Um, but fast forwarding to Mercy. So Picard and Guinan have been arrested by the FBI because Picard materialized out of nowhere in front of Guinan's bar, which happens to be at 10 Forward Street, Los Angeles, California, um, which I hate. Uh, but, uh, anyway, they're in a holding cell and the FBI agent is trying to get them to admit to being aliens. And Picard's like, well, I'm not an alien. And Guinan's like, yeah, I'm and Guinan's like, yeah, we're not aliens. Um, and uh, anyway, at the end of the last episode, Guinan tried to summon a cue and it didn't work. And everyone was freaking out about, well, how did Elorians all of a sudden get this power? Well, they're both immortal beings. Like you didn't, you didn't think that they didn't know about each other or, you know, have a history with each other well, or anything that, else. That was established within uh, Next Generation. Right, but right. With the third ep Q episode. Right, I right. Think. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, uh, anyway, I, I love the interaction with Q and Guinan in this episode, in, in Mercy, because uh, Q, or Guinan tries to summon so, Q. It didn't work. And then they were arrested. Yeah. Um, they go to the holding cell. And they separate Guinan and Picard and they're trying to like, you know, sweat them out and admit them to, you know, whatever else. And Q walks in in an FBI jacket and uh, turns around and sees Guinan and goes, you. 
Uh, we we haven't had the pleasure of introductions yet, but you will be a particular thorn in my side. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you get a little bit of a history between Elorians and Q, as well as a uh, Q isn't well. He's you know he's he thought that there would be that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, but all he's seeing is this eternal darkness, and he's realizing there's an end. There's a finite curve. I'm going to die. I have no idea if it's half a million years from now, but what's the point if I'm going to die? Like, that's the one thing I had over humanity, and now I'm going to die along with the rest of this pathetic, savage human race. And yeah. and and he can't handle it. He's having, you know, a mid- or end-of-life crisis. I don't know which. Um, yeah, they, they, they technically allude to, like, because we have to remember, technically, he looks older, but it's only because for he's doing this for Picard, his own sake. So right. technically, he still could look however he wants. Right. Um, and like you were saying, he theoretically can see like, oh, I'm dying. I don't feel very well. Mm -hmm. Or he actually could just be sick, but he doesn't understand it. So he thinks he's dying. Um, yeah. But he doesn't know that it's going to be, like you said, you know, uh, five years from now, this year, or uh, 10 generations, a thousand billion years from now. Who yeah. knows? But he feels something weird. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I just... You know, it'd be awesome. End of this, it was just a cold. And he's like, I've never experienced a cold. Oh, my, I'm sorry. But that was it. Sorry, I that just needed to self-quarantine for a thousand years. Exactly. Something, I was like, oh, man, that, I mean, they won't do I think that. that's a little much. I think that's a little but, much. But they won't. But, like, if this was TNG, oh, that would have totally been it. Like, like Crusher just goes to a, you have a cold. Yeah. If anyone's yeah. going to get a man cold, it's going to be Q. I know, but it was just like. I feel oh like gosh, I'm, that dying. I'm yeah, trying I'm like, to vaporize you right now. <laughs> that would be like, oh man, that would be it. That would be hilarious. Now that would be a classic TNG episode, but we're not going to get that. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I just got uh Sebastian asks if I've heard anything about the quantum TV issue about copyright notifications running rampant. Um, Quantum TV, hold on. I have not heard anything regarding Quantum TV. So Quantum TV is a YouTube channel. Uh, I did get a copyright notice on one of my videos this week. It's a video that's like three years old. Um, it's a video that at this point gets maybe 30 views a month if I'm really lucky. Like, it it doesn't perform anymore. I don't care about it anymore. Uh, it did well at the time, but it's it was a topic from three years ago. Um, so I got a copyright notice for it. And it was a video in which I had no music in the background of my video. And then I did a B-roll montage of a build, and I had music during the build. Now, all of my music comes from one particular source, which is a Creative Commons website that's designed for creators. When everyone says, oh, the you use the same music as uh, My Name is Pedro or as uh, Simone Yach or this other place. It's like, yeah, Level 1 Text. Like, yeah, we all get our music from the same place. It's because it's Creative Commons and you can either license the songs by paying a license fee and not give attribution or you can just give attribution at the bottom of your videos, which is what I do. And so at the bottom of every single one of my videos is a music source where you can download the music from and a copy of the Creative Commons license. Like, 
It's how I do my licensing. Um, So I got a copyright notice for a video that had a particular song in it. And I went, well, that's interesting because it's a Creative Commons song. So I clicked on the copyright notice and and it said, oh, your, your song is being pinged as this song that is also being played on another YouTube channel. I went, well, that's really interesting because if it's Creative Commons, it shouldn't matter because it's it's attributed and common license. So I clicked on it. It was a YouTube video in which they had sped up the song by about six or 7%. Uh, and so it was in a higher pitch and running six or 7% faster. Uh, not to the point where it sounded like a chipmunk, but to the point where you couldn't recognize the song outright uh, and in fact, I had to listen to it multiple times to make sure like the drum pattern and everything else was the same. It was the same song, just sped up and pitched slightly higher. Uh, so I thought it. Uh, I said, no, this person who uploaded the video the same day as the copyright complaint, uh, like literally like April 7th or something like that, they uploaded a video. And on April 7th, I got a copyright claim because my music matched this video that was just uploaded. Um, I went, no, this is BS and copyright strike or not, I'm going to fight it. Like, I don't, I don't need this video to be live anymore. I don't need the ad revenue from this video. Like I've already yep. made my money. It's done. Uh, I could privatize the video. I don't think anyone would ever notice. Uh, but it's the, it's the principle of the thing. And so I filed out a, a counter claim and and said no here's my music attribution here's what happened this person uploaded a video with this music file and it's only the music file in the video and like a little thumbnail stupid picture that is just static in the background uh and i went no they don't own rights to that song this other company owns rights to that song and i have the attribution at the bottom of it along with the creative commons license i should win uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from it. There's like 15 days left on the uh, uh, until it expires. So, but again, the YouTube uh, copyright system is you are guilty until proven innocent. And even in a complaint, if they don't respond to the complaint, I don't think you automatically win. I think they automatically win, they or do. something like. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, and and it's on and it's on the judgment of the the complainer or the complainer not of the defendant and the defendant in this case would be me uh so but i'm fighting it i know it only cost me like 30 cents over the next lifetime of the video but i don't care piss off you don't own that song i'm just curious uh so let's see quantum tv and copyright abuse this blah 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 uh, was reacting to elder ring hot takes so basically red shut up <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's what it all is. It's probably it's just it's all because of Rhett. Yeah. That, um, that's why your stuff's getting copyrighted, Jeff. Yeah. Uh well again, this was three years ago. Oh. Um but instead uh, of talking heads with Rhett. Right. Uh what I will say, reaction videos are not protected under fair use. You're not adding anything to the video if all you're doing is playing the video and then laughing at it. Um, if yeah, you are you... if you are doing a true deconstruction and review uh, on 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 a deeper level than like oh my god this guy is an idiot, uh, 
it might be considered fair use, but again, fair use is not fair use until proven in a court of law. And I think, so... I think no, from my understanding, reaction videos to be monetized, like you have to be talking over 90% of the audio. It, it's it's and... not even that. It's because um, technically the video and the audio have separate copyrights. Um, or, uh, well, I, I guess, yeah, it all depends on what you're reacting to. If it's fair use reacting to, like if you're watching a news, like ABC news or NBC news or something like that, e which... even then, even then there's copyrights and there's prohibit, uh, prohibitions on being able to replay, rebroadcast, redistribute, uh, content made by one company creator network, whatever to another, um, I mean, the NFL is the most famous one, you know, yep. without written, even, written consent think, from the NFL and, well, and ESPN from an, but, um, there's the NFL. You, do you know the, uh, the, the, the other weird one is you cannot say the, the Schwarzenegger's name, full name on YouTube. I did not. Do not say the full name of the dominator. Uh, uh, he, of the governor. The governor, uh, he is also just as renowned. I found this out like last week. Uh, you can go check that out on Reddit. There's a whole like sub thing on that. Uh, it's just as bad as the NFL. Now, I don't, I think it's for like ultra mega tubers, but I would say even something this large of a channel might get dinged for it. So that's why I didn't say <laughs> anything. Um, you can't stop news outlets from saying your name. Well, it's uh, names it are names are public record. YouTube, especially for his. Um, all right, we we got like a couple more minutes. Let's watch this. Watch this. Shut up, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm gonna test it. There we go. <laughs> Hops and Brews never said that word. All right, guys. YouTube, you're Hops demonetized by proxy. <laughs> I know. All right. Um, anyway, back to the show. We were talking, let's see, we're, oh, okay, so Q has talked to Guinan. I love, Young, I love, by the way, she goes, I did the ritual and, and I tried to summon a Q. You can't just summon a Q. It doesn't work like that. That's, that's a sacred ritual. Works. And, and yeah. whatnot, she goes, I thought it didn't work. And, and he goes, why do you think it took me so long to get here? <laughs> <laughs> I had to take a bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Like You and Delorean always sit there and think it's just like some summoning thing. That's not how this works. I don't sit here and come at your beck and call. And then she like starts figuring out, oh, you're sick. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I thought like, the problem was, like, was me, but no, the emptiness was you. Yeah. Yeah. It's humanity's last trial. Um, so that goes on. And then uh, Picard eventually convinces uh, through this, mm -hmm. um, she learns of, you know, essentially how to trick the FBI agent mm -hmm. um, by just basically telling the truth. And we find out that this FBI agent saw extraterrestrials, which were Vulcan as a young child. I, I saw this scene. Now, to put this in context, the year is 2024. This agent is pushing 65. You know, he's yeah. like five days from retirement kind of guy. Um, and... First contact doesn't happen until 2063. What are Vulcans doing on Earth in 1970? 
uh, uh, excuse. Oh, you did not watch Enterprise. I didn't. Uh, At least not that is, far. This is explained in Enterprise. Uh, is it? Enter it, yes. Uh, the Vulcans were secretly uh, visiting Earth for years. Okay. Just like the Federation will secretly monitor planets that they think have intelligent life but aren't work, have, work capable yet prime directive yes. yada yada okay and yada okay. yada yada uh so there is a, a void or oh, sorry not voyager enterprise episode where this happens gotcha. and um so okay i hadn't seen that particular episode like i said i i've watched a good chunk of enterprise it was never it was a filler episode never in a row never intentionally it's just like it's on yeah. i'm watching it you know archer and those guys took a long time getting from there to here <laughs> <laughs> right so um so we see that and and he thinks that the aliens were there to abduct him or or harm or him kill him by right. By trying to do this, might you know, the thing to his face, and his face was hurting, it was burning, and these Vulcans then get transported away. Yeah. And Picard tells him that no, they were were they doing this? Yeah. And it, he he yeah, does the this. Yeah. Yeah. The mind meld. Uh, the mind meld. Uh, as we all know, he was uh, bonded with Sorok, uh, Spock's father. Yeah. So he kind of has already like, oh, I'm, I have the memories of a Vulcan. Yeah. Um. And he explains to them, they weren't harming you. They were actually trying to protect you so you wouldn't live in misery, but it sounds like it didn't take and it failed. Right. And he explains, I'm from the future. I'm trying to save humanity. And so he basically ends up believing them. He's like, honestly, no one at the firm's going to believe me. I'm actually believing you. It's safe. You're free to go. I got fired. Um, and that's how they get out. Basically, by telling the truth, you got set free. Wow, what a concept, right? right. <laughs> um, and then it goes over to uh, Raffi and Seven trying to track down Girardi. Yep. And, and apparently so they... Girardi's been uh, huffing lithium and eating battery acid. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Which every street thug always does. Right. You know, you're trying uh... to get high and experience those endorphins. I'm going to eat a battery so yeah they're they're tracking girardi who is borg queen come lately uh and uh the borg queen is 100 percent driving and they're going you know is girardi still in there like girardi wouldn't have killed a guy and uh and whatnot well girardi then runs into seven and uh and raffi they get into a fight she kicks the crap out of seven and then holds Girardi up and, you know, does the whole like Terminator, you know, yeah. I'm going to hold you in the air. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm, I'm sure, uh, Cheryl Tunt is like, <laughs> uh, yeah. somewhere out, you know, because it wasn't even first party violence. It was violence just on anyone would excite her. Uh, sorry. Watch Archer. Uh, <laughs> uh anyway you hear gerardi's voice at one point say let her go or no or something like that and gerardi drops raffi and then runs away um and uh seven and raffi kind of realized well maybe gerardi's in there because she probably should have killed us like we were no match for her she could have killed us there's still a glimmer of hope there's a glimmer of hope there 
Um, now, me being the pragmatist uh, is saying, just freaking vaporize her the next time you see her. Like, I know you're trying to save Girardi, but you're also trying to think about the, the future of humanity. It was the one part of the episode I didn't like. Like, I understand it's still Girardi. I understand Girardi's in there. And and again, I never thought that Allison Pills would outact Jerry Ryan in a, an entire series of Star Trek. But holy crap, Girardi is totally taking the spotlight. Uh, um, this this is a much better character for her than last season. It's amazing. It's amazingly well done. Uh, her character's just been so great. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, so Girardi runs away. Uh, meanwhile, we've also got Corey, who is Adam Soong's, uh, cloned daughter, uh, of like, they the, all look the same. Wow. Yeah. They all look the same of like the eighth generation down or something like that. And, you know, uh, you were and supposed to is... die by your fourth birthday, but here you are. And Q gives her the gift of stability of, of not being the... allergic to the sun. The real pill, pill that mm -hmm. or antidote that was hinted at earlier. Mm -hmm. So, um, and during this, yeah, during this time, she saw videos of her father and the experiments, basically of what her father. I forget what soon this is, but um, Adam soon. Adam soon. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, was doing, and she confronts him, and uh, after she took the antidote and and uh basically just runs away uh during this time um the, i think it cuts back to the scene in the where um seven and gerardi get uh rafi get their butts kicked and they put a battery back into the cell phone that um that was stolen by gerardi and to look up what she was doing with the batteries and what they need and she needs more of the uh lithium mm -hmm. And they said the one person who had it, and they said, "Oh, look, here's her Google history search, mm -hmm. essentially." And it, who could always have been? clear your search history? Come yeah, on, right? rookie move. Come on, jeez. Uh, yeah, you think the Boar Queen would know that? Uh, who you know, else kind of, but Mister Sung? Yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 a weird note that I did think. Okay, well, I guess this kind of would come back to the fact that she didn't have full control but as the boar queen she then was able to access oh okay this is all through the ship never mind all right my yeah. points for you all right um, so yeah Goes I, 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 I want to point one thing out um and i think we'll we'll end with this because we haven't really reviewed much so far it's been like more of an overview um yeah. it's a good episode it's a good episode can i just say um at the beginning of this series, I was kind of against Brent Spiner coming back and playing another version of Soon. Like, I've seen it. I don't want to see it anymore. Like, come up with a different character, please. Brent Spiner, as an evil mad scientist, I am on board. Holy crap. The dude is amazing in this particular role. Um, and I'll, I'll say the same thing about, uh, what's her name? Uh, Soji, Corey, whoever you want to call her, uh, even in the role of the daughter is, is killing it. Uh, but Adam Sung 
in in his mannerisms they're completely different from any character that he's played as far as data and that family line goes before obviously because he's six generations removed at this point yeah. um but uh different motivations and he's a he's a you know tortured genius on the on the brink of you know a, a massive breakthrough and and he's looking for his his moment in history and and that kind of thing and he keeps getting denied and gets his funding pulled out from under him and um i mean it's the you know origin story for any mad scientist yeah. but mad scientist sung is such a good character yeah so uh quickly wrap up so what it is is then uh the queen goes to soon basically spills the future saying that if uh what's her face picard renee picard or whatever her name is uh goes into space we still need to stop her yeah uh she's going to find basically something on mars that's going to make his tech obsolete yeah if she doesn't go his tech which kind of hints at the eugenic wars yeah um uh going to be revolutionary and save the planet and this actually it was hinted back if you watch the very first episode where picard flashes back in time and you see q and he, you take a look at the sky it's the same shielding mm -hmm. that uh stops the daughter from getting hurt by the sun rays mm. so uh basically we see that tech just get larger and more expanded yeah um little little hints the here and there and then you know i um, hadn't even thought of that that's, yeah. that's a great callback yeah so uh then the very end of the episode kind of goes or the very end the episode ends with soon providing a goon squad of marine mercenary type people to the board queen to storm the launch the rocket launch because well obviously he's the biggest donor um i, and I then, was honestly waiting for deadeye and harley quinn to walk in like <laughs> <laughs> and then so she has uh the board queen has assimilated her so much she can now she, she's she's now got some veins popping up she's got the little yeah. seven and nine or the it was the picard cheek thing. yeah yeah the, the, um, that, those little wires or yeah, yeah those dark veins um yeah who's up for a little uh gosh what did she say uh who's up to provide a little genetic and technological distinctiveness and and she yeah. reaches up and she assimilates this dude and uh and all of a sudden his eyes go green he's got these veins pumping through and whatnot yeah and uh at this point soon's realizing he may have effed up now and then episode ends. now prediction time okay prediction time i think they're going to wrap both timelines up and tie them back together because remember there's two timelines that are existing kind of with each other right now <clears throat> and actually you could argue a third now that they've gone back in time in the second timeline because anything that they do, even their presence being there, is going to alter something. Um, it all depends on what timeline you subscribe to, Jeff. <laughs> right. Um, so there's been speculation from the very beginning that Girardi was the board queen. I think that's true. There's been... There hasn't really been anything that I've seen that... Um, I think because the timelines are are all related to each other i think if girardi as the board queen found a way to teleport into the future and start the events that we're seeing right now that would explain the whole 
bent time thing. Because remember, the Borg can travel through time. They, they do have, have the ability. Tech. They have yeah. that tech. Their own um, tech. Right. Um, and in Girardi's timeline, they've already done it a number of times. Like, Girardi's timeline, right. they had transwarp tunnels. They had uh, the Borg sphere going back in time. Like, that's all part of the Borg tech already. Technically, yes. But uh, so this comes back to first contact. Mm -hmm. and other references of the Borg, uh, which said that the Borg actually weren't that powerful long ago. Right. It just took time to assimilate other cultures. So it being even further back than First Contact, mm -hmm. uh, where they were just trying to communicate with that timeline's Borg, yeah. maybe, I, I don't recall if Borg are immortal or not, I think so, essentially they are. Now, they can't live without their organic components, but their mechanical components can keep the organic components alive. Yeah. Is is how so, I understand it. So maybe, maybe, uh, like, Q can't kill her, or, I don't know. This, I, I, I still going to go with Q's going to be, like, somewhat of a savior. Maybe mm -hmm. he has to send Girardi to the end of the Delta Quadrant, where the, the Borg are at. And it takes her this long to accumulate, you know, uh, all the tech and everything or whatever, yeah. or assimilate. And then she does the time travel or something to manipulate yeah. the future. Who knows? Um, who, who knows? I, I still believe it's going to be Picard's going to have to convince Q to do something. Yeah. Q's going to do something in a last, last, last ditch effort to redeem himself because he right. feels he's dying right um you know last week i i famously said i don't want a q redemption arc after this episode i kind of do I think like it's gonna be it like i've kind of flipped flipped my opinion on that where it was like before i'm like no 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 please don't try to redeem q i want q to be the uh omnipotent you know play thing you know the 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 all-knowing uh, child who tinkerer torturer yeah. or whatever i like i kind of like him in that role and then you know we see him going like well, that's unexpected and unfortunate um but then we see like he's losing his power but he's still trying to manipulate you know he, he jumps into the as the role in the therapist he obviously got into the fbi somehow like he still has his ways and it, it seems more like a mental block of yeah. something stopping him but every now and then he has glimpses of it mm -hmm. um but i cannot is, wait it, for tomorrow because okay. guinan and picard said we need to flip the script on him we need to make yeah. this about his failings and this his is faults this is where I think it's going to be more of a psychological battle on Q and Q's going to be like, you fixed me and it's a mental disease, not a physical one. Thank you, Picard. I will grant you something. Flips it. I'll take you back to your timeline, but your problems are still your problems that yeah. you caused right. because that's a Q thing. Yeah. And then probably Girardi's the Borg queen. She's as happy as she's ever been because yep. now she has a connection with a collective that yep. she never felt as a human, but she wants to think well, Picard... because she killed her husband. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she wants to think Picard that. and bring the Borg into the Federation. Mm -hmm. 
as long as Q's still alive, I think I'll be happy. And then end the season with some kind of snap of. I, I'm Take me back it. to the bridge of the Stargazer, or, in which or, or, Picard or, says something to Girardi, and Girardi overpowers the Borg Queen from a battle within. Like that's what I want to see. Yeah, and, and then that—that's Q saying thanks, Picard. Here's your gift back. Yeah. Snap. Okay. We don't know Q died, but we don't know if he's still alive. Right. That's perfectly fine. We—it's—it's it's stuff in the air. It's totally up to interpretation. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. I think. I can't wait. Uh, the, yeah. the last two episodes I feel are going to be really great or there are so many people saying like Picard is so stupid, like, like the, the series is so stupid and the plot lines are so like ill, Ill gotten, like we're eight episodes in and we don't even know who the main villain is yet. Uh, it's the Borg and Q like that was established in the very first episode. I don't know what the hell you missed. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, like uh, Steve was saying, it was bad. It's like, uh, other than Lower Decks, this is the best Trek out there because, my gosh, have you, have you watched Discovery? It's not yeah, good. exactly. And it's not so, so far, undiscovered country or whatever the new one. Strange worlds. Thank you. Doesn't look that good. It looks like a rehashing of the original series, which I was mean, it, campy AF, and yeah, it did fine in 1967. I don't no, think it'll I, play well today. No, I mean, okay, if they go to the episodic sense, maybe there might be a couple it good has hitters. to go episodic. It the, might be a couple good. I don't think it will. I think it's yeah. going to be a single long story, which is like, yeah. oh, I don't want to see that. Yeah, that's, actually, that's actually a real problem with modern TV is yeah. the bounds that they're trying to place on what is not, you know, previously used medium. Um, I've, I've said this about Star Trek Picard in, in particular, is tell the story you came here to tell and forget about your 42-minute runtime. Yeah. Run an episode for an hour and run another one for 29 minutes. No one's going to give a crap on this end. As long as, long as it's Because it's not about airtime or... anymore. No, it's, it's, not, not. it's not about filling your allotted slot and selling the ads within that slot. It's about telling your story. And well, and if you're needing to stretch or condense or whatever else, you're not taking advantage of the medium that you have before you now. And that's the dumb part too, is right now all of these are not, are there is no uh, advertisers. People already paid for this. Right. They just want to see good content. Right. Give us 20 minutes, give us 40 right. minutes. We don't care. Just give us a good story. Mm -hmm. I don't care this if it's a three-parter. Give me a three-part. Three-parters have been done before, mm -hmm. and I've been perfectly happy with it. And then start a new story. Tell me three months after, okay, here's a new adventure we have to go on. And it's right. 20 minutes of we had to go to Ryza because of X, you know? And it's a dumb, dumb episode. <laughs> we but had it was to go 20, to Ryza. <laughs> you know, it was 20 <laughs> minutes. Like, and it, but it could be, those are the stories you could easily do fan service to. Yeah. And then you do another three-parter. And then fan service of 20 you, minutes. You bring Jordy back for three episodes on, on some weird thing where he's the captain over here. And then you bring O'Brien back where where he's doing this weird thing out in the, the boondocks because like he left DS9 and now he's yeah, helping like or, some colonists or something. And, or, or you just mentioned DS9 and you're like, I got to stop off at Quark's really quick. It's a right. different captain, different era, but Quark is still there. Right. You're like, that's beautiful. I love it. 
Thank right. you. Right, exactly. You, know? um, you could easily take one or two characters and just give them a three-episode series and and make it, a you know, uh, a 180-minute movie, essentially, or 150-minute long movie. Just tell it in three parts. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's your three acts. It does it for you. Uh and and I think it'd be it could be great. You could bring back Bashir as a genetically engineered human, and he's working with uh, you know the new roboticists on on Earth on you know bringing back AI and and robotics and everything. I think that would be a great little thing to explore. Um, I mean, yeah, you could even just call it Star Trek Trek, and every couple episodes is just a different angle, right? All new characters, all new things of just the different you know what it needs to be you know what it needs yeah. to be it needs to be garrick telling their stories oh my gosh there you go <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no. like like he's by the lemon tree and he's telling yes. a bunch of young kids yeah of, oh space travel back in my day you don't even know <laughs> there was an interesting young doctor who <laughs> <laughs> yes who i became be great good. friends with yeah all these stories that would be great yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking forward Especially to tomorrow. Especially the lives. Oh, gosh. You know what this means? I'm not going to be on the finale. You're not. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. I, all right. Just, all right. This has been We've episode been 232 of Talking Heads here on Craft Computing. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Uh, make sure to join the Patreon if you plan on joining the after party. Link is down in the video description. You can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads throughout the week and video chat with us every Wednesday night after the show. Uh, John, anything to promote? Go to the order. Uh, yeah, just uh, sub to Hops and Brews if you like the brew content. I'm hoping to have my video with all of the stuff I just finished the whole reel of the transformation which took forever um so hoping to have the video out by coping next wednesday before the next talking heads so look for that cool, if cool. you are interested in the whole 201 beer diet 46 days only beer yes transformation yeah so it's gonna be you're, looking, you're looking good now that you have some solid food in you uh i am uh it it feels different this whole week has felt <laughs> weird uh, it'll all be it's all gonna be talked about so yeah. it's it's fun i i'm like we'll have to, to do talk like... off air because i've had similar experiences not with 46 days of beer but 30 days of nothing but liquid diet because i i had issues of my own that i had to work through at one point oh yeah yeah, yeah. no i i've done the the 30 plus day liquid diet before and yeah and yeah i experienced some stuff <laughs> So I'm you wondering do. if it's, I'm wondering if it's similar. So. It's probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, and as always, we will see you 